Hello, you're listening to A Little Bit of Largum, a podcast about finding a more balanced, sustainable and mindful approach to living. Taking inspiration from the Swedish concept of Largum, a moderate choice between extremes, the podcast explores how this philosophy can be applied to all aspects of your life, to improve your well-being, the well-being of others and of the planet too. I hope you're well wherever you're listening from. My name is Marla and this episode is inspired by some requests that I've had, so I'll be suggesting some simple sustainable swaps that I've made, swaps that I'm trying to make and some that I hope to make, to help live in a more environmentally friendly and kind way. It's really great to hear from you that listen to the podcast, as it helps me share information with you that can be most useful, and that's super important. Having your feedback really helps and it's lovely to hear your thoughts and not feel like I'm just talking to myself. So if you want more information on why sustainable swaps are so important, check out some of the previous episodes where there's a lot of facts and content surrounding issues such as plastic pollution, food waste, food footprint and the ethics surrounding some industrial practices. But in this episode, I'm going to focus on the sustainable swaps that we can make in our homes to reduce our waste and to limit our contribution to unethical practices that are damaging to other people, the planet and animals. So a few general points first. Um, Swapping your electricity supplier might be something that's possible. We managed to, on the place that I'm renting at the moment, switch from our previous supplier to a renewable energy supplier and actually it reduced the price that we were paying on our electricity and gas. This might not always be the case but it might be worth looking into because getting renewable energy to your home is really cool and definitely helps a lot. Another quite easy swap that's a bit of a general one is your internet browser. If you switch to Ecosia, Ecosia donate around 80% of their profits to tree planting projects which not only plant trees but also provide vital income to the workers who plant the trees in the world's poorest places. So that's like a quick and easy swap you can do because it just works in a similar way to any other internet browser but has this massive additional benefit of helping with planting trees. So let's take a look at the kitchen. We've talked a lot about plastic and some tips can be found in the plastics episode. But I'll go through some of these again and also add some other tips that I've found really useful and pretty simple to introduce. So reducing plastic on fruits and vegetables. Obviously it's wonderful if you're in the position where you can go to a greengrocer's and buy locally and normally not in plastic, but if not, what other options are there? I'm not always able to go to a greengrocer's and Lidl often ends up being my weekly food shop destination. And they do some vegetables plastic free, but sadly a lot they don't. So some little swaps that I've made to help reduce the plastic that I get is that rather than buying frozen sweet corn in plastic packaging, I buy the tinned version instead because the tin can more easily be recycled and breaks down a lot quicker or can be reused unlike the single use plastic packaging. I also look for what fridge foods that are in plastic are in the freezer in cardboard because this is often the case for a lot of things like veggie burgers, where if I look for them in the fridge section, then they have plastic, whereas in the freezer they're in cardboard and they're often a bit cheaper as well. 
when I've made my shopping list, if there's a vegetable or fruit on there that I can't get plastic free, instead I try and have a look if there's a different plastic free fruit or vegetable that I could purchase instead. For example, this week I couldn't get any onions that were plastic free, so I decided to pick up an aubergine instead. And this makes me get more creative with mixing up my recipes with different ingredients, and sometimes they turn out even better than the original. Not always, but sometimes it's nice to just play around a bit. I recognise this might be easier for me because I'm only cooking for myself. I live in a house share, but I don't have the responsibility of always cooking for everyone else in the house. And I'm not a fussy eater, I like to experiment with food. So it might be more challenging if, for example, you're buying for a family and some people don't like certain vegetables. But if this is something that you can try, it might be worth giving it a go and just get a bit creative with your cooking, reducing plastic along the way. Another point that I've made before is using what you already have before buying a sustainable alternative. So a good example of this are your glass jars. Why buy an empty glass jar if you've already got one from a pasta sauce or a peanut butter jar or a jam jar? Because you could just use this instead rather than throwing away a perfectly good jar to then just go and purchase another when you already had one to start with. It's a much more sustainable option. It's the same with Tupperware. If you've ordered a takeaway, or like me, you live in a house share and people order takeaway quite a lot, rather than letting these Tupperwares be thrown away, you can wash them out and use them to freeze portions of food. I'd then advise using these jars and Tupperware instead of using cling film. You don't really need to buy cling film if you can store things in airtight containers, and these can be reused rather than the single-use plastic of cling film. Another really useful thing is I use a fork and a spoon from my kitchen to take when I leave the house to avoid using single-use plastic cutlery when I'm out. I also put them in my toothpaste travel container, so once they're used they don't make anything else in my bag dirty, so it's a simple way to yeah, reduce my plastic usage when I'm out and about. So in the kitchen, a lot of people have kitchen towel. And do you really need it? It normally comes in plastic packaging, and really instead you could just use a kitchen rag. It basically does the same thing, except you can reuse the kitchen rag, whereas you just throw the kitchen towel in the bin straight away. And when we're talking about kitchen rags, they also often come in plastic, so I've started cutting up my old socks that I've got holes in um, and kind of other bits of clothing that maybe aren't good enough to swap with a friend or to donate to a charity shop. So I've just started cutting them up and using them as kitchen cloths and they actually work great. It gives them an extra use as well rather than throwing them straight away. Now we're looking at kind of cleaning products. I'm trying to make my own cleaning spray which doesn't take too long at all and it's got all non-toxic ingredients, so it's much safer to use around the home. You basically just mix together water, vinegar, lemon zest or essential oils to make it smell a bit nicer, and it works as an all-purpose cleaner. It helps reduce the cost of having to spend on cleaning products, and also it's so much kinder for the environment, and you can reuse a bottle you already have and save on plastic. If you have a zero-waste shop in your area, maybe give it a try. Not everyone does, but in Cardiff, where I'm living at the moment, there's a great shop called Ripple. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic at the moment, you have to use paper bags for food items just for sanitary reasons. But still, I guess that's so much better than using plastic. 
And they have so much stuff in there from like frozen vegetables and veggie burgers to oats, lentils, beans, pasta, chickpeas. They have vegan chocolates and pick mix, which is amazing. They also have spices, loose leaf teas. If you have a tea strainer at home, that's a lot better than buying tea bags that might have plastic in them. They have nutritional yeast, flour, even vital wheat gluten, which I use to make seitan, uh, which is super easy to make as well. There's loads of recipes online and it's kind of like a meat substitute. They also have their own veggie sausage mix and so much more. You can use your own container there to get laundry detergent and washing up liquid, which I think is great at the moment. Um, and the price is really reasonable. So if you do have a zero waste shop in your area that you can access, it may be worth just having a look because you might save some money and help the planet along the way. So staying in the kitchen, but looking more at food waste reduction. When it comes to a fruit or vegetable that's gone off a little bit, you can just try chopping off the bit that's gone off rather than throwing away the whole vegetable because the chances are the rest of it is probably okay and it's worth checking. If you have any overripe bananas lying about, I use them to make a smoothie or I love making banana breads. You can also freeze the bananas if you don't want to use them immediately, just kind of chop them up, put them in a container and then you can use the frozen banana in a smoothie or to make ice cream. Yeah, there's loads of things you can do. A really good hack that I found is that if you have a can of coconut milk and maybe you've only used half of it in a curry or something, you can put the coconut milk into an ice cube tray and then when you want to use it again, it can just be kind of popped in as a cube into what you're cooking and it'll just melt and then work as coconut milk again. So that's a great way to save on waste. Another thing is stale bread. I found a tip where you can actually wet the bread and then put it in the oven for a couple of minutes and then it kind of comes out not being stale anymore, which I think is super cool. I also found out the other day that you can eat cauliflower leaves. Um, not raw, obviously, but um, I, yeah, I found that roasting them works really, really well, just kind of in olive oil, some pepper, any seasoning you want. and. They were so nice. It tastes a bit like kale on like the thinner bits which go quite crunchy like when you roast kale. And then the stems are actually really sweet. I'm not sure if it's actually called a stem or if it's just like the thicker part. Yeah, it's really sweet and I was very pleasantly surprised. So definitely try that out and not waste all of your cauliflower leaves. So reducing your consumption of animal products is a really great way to limit your contribution to a lot of unethical and environmentally damaging and exploitative practices. So I thought I'd share some tips on some swaps that you can make in this area to either reduce your consumption of animal products or to help in transitioning to a vegan diet if you feel ready to do so. For those of you who may not have listened to the podcast before, I am vegan so I don't consume or use any animal products and this is because of the detrimental impacts animal agriculture has on the planet and animals and people quite often working in intensive farming situations. I'm trying to live in a way that avoids harmful practices and of course going vegan doesn't mean that you're then not contributing to any harmful practices because there's areas such as fast fashion, human exploitation in certain food industries which are also incredibly important to consider. But going vegan really is such a positive step to take to help in so many areas. So I wanted to share some simple swaps and also flag some products that you may be surprised to hear contain animal products or may be surprised to hear that they're vegan. 
So the most important thing if you're looking to reduce your animal product intake or to go vegan is rather than just cutting something out, bringing in something that you really like is going to be crucial in making this transition sustainable. Don't feel like you suddenly need to jump into a completely whole foods diet and then feel like you're missing out on all of your favourite foods. Taking the time to find some vegan swaps is really important and can be super helpful. Some good places to start. Um, if you love yoghurt, maybe give soy yoghurt a go and just have that on your fruit or granola, however you had it before. I think it's really nice and it comes in lots of flavours too. And in Lidl and Aldi, they now do their own version, which basically costs the same as the dairy alternative. So it's really not super expensive. If you're a big fan of scrambled eggs, I'd really recommend trying tofu scramble. It's super easy, you literally just sprinkle up the block of tofu into the veg you're frying with the seasoning and it cooks really quickly and it tastes really good. Although tofu might be more expensive than eggs, I found that on the whole going vegan I ended up saving a lot of money because things like oats, lentils, beans, pasta that are such a staple, they're really not expensive items and also vegetables, again not particularly pricey, depending obviously on what vegetables you choose to buy. So although tofu might seem expensive on its own, when you're no longer buying meats and cheeses and other dairy products, spending a bit more on tofu doesn't really make your grocery bill super expensive. So talking about milk swaps, I found this quite difficult because my favourite is oat milk, but sadly the price hasn't reduced as low as dairy milk. But in, again, Aldi and Lidl, they have oat and almond milk now, which is down to around 80p per carton, which is so much better than it used to be. In a lot of other places, you'd be paying like £1.80, almost £2, just for a carton. Maybe next time you go for a coffee, see if they have a plant-based alternative. And that way you're helping to show that there is a demand for it and helping it become more accessible for people. If you are financially in a position where you can make these changes, it not only helps you in doing better for the planet and your own health, but it also helps make those products more accessible and affordable for others who may want to make those changes but it isn't practical. Because once businesses start seeing a demand for something, they'll make it easier for people to access it, so your purchases really do help in much more ways than you might think. I really want to try and make my own oat milk, but I currently don't have the cloth that you need to strain it after you've blended it, and I'm reluctant to buy one until I don't have to order it, for example, off Amazon, and that I can just buy it from somewhere nearby. Or I might see if there's something that I already own that works, maybe like some kind of fabric from an old t-shirt or something, and just try a few things out. I have been trying some cheating options like using an extra bit of canned coconut milk to blend with water to make a plant milk or blending nut butter with water was also recommended as a way you can do it, uh, which has worked well enough to use in my porridge but not really in tea or coffee. It's not quite good quality for that yet so I'll get back to you once I've found a bit of a better way to do it. Also, if you love dishes like a cottage pie, which has got mince in it, like beef mince, um, maybe try lentils and gravy granules. I've used this a lot. Or using Marmite, they give like a much meatier flavour and the texture of lentils works really well. And you can also use mushrooms as well and dice them quite finely 
that works really well is creating kind of the mince type texture and obviously all of the other spices and chopped tomatoes that you put into the dish will make it taste great anyway. And also it's cheaper than mints, better for your health, the animals and the planet. If you like making chilli, maybe try using more mushrooms and beans like kidney beans, cannellini beans, any beans really will work great. And it can still taste amazing and you don't have the meat in there. So it's yeah, it's a much more sustainable option. It also makes sense to think about the foods that you already like that are free from animal products and see what dish you could make. For example, there's so many lovely pasta dishes that are meat free. Curries, I made a cauliflower and chickpea curry, which is really lovely. A butternut squash korma and a Rogan Josh using aubergine. These were some things that also my parents found out when they went vegan and tried out some new recipes and they all taste incredible and you don't miss anything. It just tastes so good. So I definitely recommend giving some of these things a try. I just wanted to mention some products that might be a bit surprising to find out they contain animal products. A lot of vegetable stock cubes often contain milk, so they're not actually vegan. That's something I had to be really careful to look out for. And this is something that I will say, sadly, when you go vegan, you do have to start looking at a lot of ingredients. Only at the beginning until you have an idea of what foods do have animal products and what ones don't and then it becomes a lot easier but that initial stage you do have to kind of filter through quite a lot. Also some Thai pastes and Worcester sauce contain fish sauce um, or like a fish extract so just keep an eye out for things like that. Some breads also contain milk. I don't know why, clearly it's not essential because a lot of breads don't. Also beers and wines, this is one that I think a lot of people don't think about, but actually a lot of beer and wine companies, they use fish bladders to filter the wine and beer, which I just think is ludicrous. Like why would you need to do that? If there's beers and wines out there that aren't doing this, clearly it's not necessary. Some cereal bars have milk powder or egg white in them. So you just kind of have to look and then once you're familiar with it, then you know. Sweets, I'm sure people are aware of, quite a lot of them contain gelatine, so they're not even vegetarian. And dark chocolate, although the majority of dark chocolate is vegan, some of it does still contain milk, so you just have to kind of check on that. Same with veggie burgers, there's certain ones that contain egg. And yeah, it's just a little bit annoying because the fact that some do and some don't clearly shows that they don't need to. And if it wasn't there, it would just be a lot easier. When you start looking into it, you really do realise how many things just have animal products put in that you wouldn't even think they'd be there and they don't really need to be there, it's crazy. You can see this as well because quite often an alternative brand doesn't actually have the animal product in it, but a different one does. This is a big example in biscuits like uh, bourbon biscuits or custard creams. Some brands don't have any animal products in at all and are completely vegan, but a different brand will use milk in it or egg, which, yeah, it's just really silly. It can feel really annoying and overwhelming at first to need to check, but once you know, it's so much easier. And luckily, there are a lot of surprisingly vegan foods, loads of vegan alternatives. 
I follow Accidentally Vegan on Instagram. Um, I find that's a really useful account because it shares things that you might not have realised were vegan and obviously they're not extortionately priced because they're not branded as being vegan but they just happen to be, which is great. Especially for when you're craving certain sweet or savoury, more processed snacks. So for example, some biscuits that are vegan are hobnobs, some bourbons and custard creams like I said before. So if you just fancy some biscuits they're good ones to go to also digestive biscuits the plain ones they um, are vegan it is also worth just checking if you're getting a different brand though and i'm sure as most people know oreos are also vegan it's just getting used to checking if there's those foods that you really like and you want to have occasionally then you know what ones you can go for with crisps, examples are hula hoops, certain Doritos are, but again, just check because some of them aren't. There's some crisps like Monster Munch and Skips. I think certain ones of those are vegan. And Co-op Donuts, that's a great one. Yeah, Co-op Donuts are vegan. That was a really nice one to find out if you're just fancying something. But now there are loads of kind of vegan bakeries cropping up as well. So if you are in a position where you can support those, that's great to do. It always feels great to support local businesses when they're trying to push for a cause that's really important. There's also a lot of amazing vegan ice cream now. And in terms of sweets, things like Skittles, Starburst, Rainbow Drops, Refreshers, they're all vegan too. So it's not like you can't still have nice sweet treats just because you're vegan. Also, supermarkets are bringing out a lot of their own versions of vegan alternatives, and they're at a bit more of a reasonable price. So it's worth if you fancy trying some of them, if you're more into those kind of foods than eating a more kind of whole foods diet, then definitely try some of those out. Another suggestion I have is that if you're going out for food or getting a takeaway, try and support an independent business. And if they have a vegan option, try it. Because the more people that buy vegan options, the more likely they're going to be available and that'll just be so much better for the planet, people and animals. Something that's really important is find some vegan snacks that you like so that you have things on hand that you can have when you're feeling a bit hungry. So some snacks that I really like are peanut butter and banana on toast, pitters with hummus, soy yogurt with fruit and dark chocolate, sometimes like microwaving some blueberries and pouring them in there to make a bit of a compote is lovely. Beans on toast, trail mix, I love roasted chickpeas as well and popcorn so there's lots of kind of little snacks that you can have to help keep you full throughout the day and obviously all fruits and vegetables. I'll also attach some YouTube accounts and blogs that I really like that have loads of recipes on there and some of them are really practical. There'll be recipes that take 15 minutes to make so if you need something quick. Some of them do have some random ingredients in but there are some on there as well that are a lot more practical. So before we move on to looking at things in the bathroom, um, I just want to say a couple of purchases that I would maybe advise. I think using what you already have is the most sustainable thing you can do, but these are just some things that you might not already have and could be useful to get. So things like a water bottle that you can reuse, a canvas bag so that you don't have to get plastic ones, and a reusable coffee cup if you know you're someone that goes out and gets coffee or tea quite a lot. A lot of people also love metal straws. I personally don't have one, but if that's something you know that you like is being able to drink out of a straw, then you might want to get one of these. Just don't forget it then when you're going out. 
So moving on to some swaps for the bathroom. If you have a bottle of soap that's like a dispenser, once that runs out, maybe try and purchase some soap bars instead that are plastic free, um, because they just come as they are and you can use them. And they're a great easy swap to make to reduce on plastic. I'd also really recommend a tooth brush swap. Obviously don't do this until you need a new tooth brush. There's no point throwing one away that's perfectly well functioning. But there's loads of non-plastic alternatives and they're not super expensive either. Knowing that that's something that when it's thrown away, it will decompose is really important. If you have a plastic one, it's going to be around for at least 400 years before it starts to biodegrade. So it's really important that we make these little swaps where we can. I found that shampoo bars and moisturiser bars have been really, really great. I was lucky to be gifted these for a birthday present um, because I've made it clear obviously to my family members that I don't just want to be bought something because someone will think that I like it if it's not something that's going to be of use or if it's something that's going to cause harm to the planet later down the line. So these bars were from Lush and I think they're really great and although maybe they'll seem a bit more expensive up front I found that the shampoo bars especially I mean and the moisturizer really they last a super long time so actually in the long run it will work out a lot cheaper and I know not everyone is in a position to do this, so if, if this isn't cost effective for you at the moment, but knowing that that option's there if it is viable for you. I have also heard though that coconut oil is good for a moisturiser. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but when I run out of my moisturiser bar, I'm going to try and give that a go and just store it in one of my jars. That way I've got somewhere to put it and it's going to be more cost effective than buying a moisturiser and lots of less harsh chemicals. Steer clear of disposable razors if you can, because obviously they are always made with plastic and it will outlive us. So if we can find a plastic-free alternative, or even if it is plastic, if it's one that lasts longer and that you don't throw out after a couple of uses, then it's definitely worth doing. For the women out there, trying a menstrual cup or period pants as opposed to buying tampons and pads all the time because they come in plastic and it's not ideal. Obviously this isn't an option that's appealing for everyone and if you really don't want to try it there's no pressure to at all. There's so many other great swaps that you can make to help be more sustainable. But if it's something that you fancy trying then definitely give it a go. With deodorant there's quite a few more sustainable options than having an aerosol. Aerosols are really damaging for the environment, so either using a roll-on or if you're able to get a plastic-free bar, that's incredible. The bars really do last a super long time. I know someone who is telling me that they've had it for like five plus years and they reckon it will probably last them ten. So the investment is definitely worthwhile if you're able to do that. Still sticking with the bathroom, I want to try and make my own toothpaste. I'm finding it really annoying that it's really difficult to get toothpaste not in a plastic tube. I've tried to look for toothpaste in a tin and I haven't been able to find it anywhere. I could probably order it offline but I think before doing that I want to try making my own. I'm not sure how it's going to go because I think you make it with bicarbonate of soda and hopefully something else. But I'm going to try that and I'll let you know how that goes and if it's something that I would recommend. I'm not a massive product person so it's not too hard for me to make these swaps because there aren't as many things for me to swap. I would advise cutting down on maybe the number of products you're using and 
yeah, really prioritise the quality of them and the ethics behind them over the quantity. I think the more chemicals we're putting onto our skin, probably the worse condition our skin's going to be in because it's not good for our skin to come in contact with so many chemicals. A lot of these more natural, sustainable products as well have kinder ingredients, so it'll definitely help your skin along with helping the planet. So moving on to the bedroom. In this area, I'm going to cover kind of makeup and clothes. Makeup is definitely a tough one. Um, I'm fairly minimal in my makeup usage just because I think it's better for your skin and I don't necessarily have the financial capacity to spend a lot of money on makeup and because a lot of the good quality vegan brands they are quite expensive so it's things that I really use sparingly to try and make them last. But a few tips which might not be beneficial for everyone because like I said I don't use as much makeup but choosing glass bottles over plastic ones where you can and trying to opt for cruelty free. And next time you're in need of makeup brushes, see if you can go for a plastic free alternative. In terms of other aspects of makeup, I think it's just finding the brands that have the right balance between being good quality, but also being very ethical. Another thing is when you need to replace your hairbrush, rather than replacing it with a plastic, go for a wooden or bamboo alternative. I gifted this to my sister for her birthday and that's a really good way for people to kind of help exchange these things and get a sustainable item that sometimes they don't think to purchase for themselves because it might seem a bit more expensive than just buying the cheaper, less sustainable alternative. But if the people around you know that you really care about sustainability, then they can have that in mind when they're purchasing things for you. And again, I want to reiterate, use what you have first. Don't bin anything that's unused because that's just a waste. If you're not going to use it, maybe give it to someone who you know well and then get a more sustainable option afterwards. In terms of using what you have, this definitely applies for old notebooks. I know sometimes if you start a notebook and then you're only a little bit way through and you are starting a new project, you might be tempted to start a new notebook. But actually, check if you have any that are barely used that you could just start using from where you left off. I wanted to mention books as well quickly. And do you have any sitting on your shelf that you've never read and you don't intend to read? If this is the case, maybe do a book swap with a friend. And if it's a book that you think they would like, then maybe suggest that being the book that you swap. Or you could give it as a gift to someone who you think would enjoy it. Give it a purpose and don't just throw it away, but also don't just leave it sitting there, getting unused. I've never been an excessive buyer of clothes, but I have definitely accumulated things over the years that I definitely don't wear anymore. But I almost have this fear of if I throw them out, maybe one day it'll come in handy, or it might have some kind of sentimental attachment to it. But I'm going to look more into decluttering in another episode and how we can do this in a more eco-friendly way rather than disposing of things and wasting them. Next time you need something, try looking in a charity shop before going to any big retailers. It's better to give clothing a second life than to let it go to landfill if no one picks it up from the charity shop. And also I find it has more personality and it's normally the only one of its kind in the shop, whereas if you go to a big retailer, chances are there's loads of the same things sat right next to it. It also helps you avoid putting your money into fast fashion and unethical brands, especially if you're unsure or haven't had the time to research which ones are the most damaging yet. 
But here's a quick little hint. If the product you're wanting to purchase has loads of the same of itself, you know, if they're producing a lot of the same items and if the company's lines are changing often, then it's fast fashion. It's a lot of stuff being produced very quickly, so that's a sign that it's going to be an unethical fast fashion brand. With charity shopping, it's also a lot cheaper and you're supporting a charity with your purchase, which is super important. Another thing that's nice to do is a clothes swap with friends. It helps you get rid of what you no longer wear and you might gain an item that you're in need of. So hopefully there are some swaps in here that can be achievable in a huge variety of living situations. I recognise that some may not be feasible and some aren't for me in my situation either, but it's about doing what we can. I think it's really important that living sustainably feels like something that we can all achieve partly in our lives and not something that's so far out of reach. I do also want to make the point though about the swap we need to make in our perspectives. Yes, in some situations, more sustainable options can be more expensive, but it's really important to consider why. In a lot of cases, it's because those producing the items are being exploited. The items are being produced on a mass scale, meaning it's not sustainable, and so much damage is being caused because there's more focus on speed, large quantities, and making a larger profit than there is on the ethics of the production. I have had conversations with people in the past who've claimed they can't spend a certain amount of money on a more sustainable item, yet the same person will spend a large proportion of money on alcohol on a night out, for example, or on a new outfit, and not really think much about this. Of course, this is not the case for everyone, but it is important for all of us sometimes to reassess our priorities and check whether they're in line with our morals so that we can act in accordance with them and make more positive changes for the planet and others. The last thing I want to suggest is make a wish list. What are some sustainable items that you'd find really useful but currently can't afford to purchase at the moment? Either start by putting a little money aside that adds up so that you can buy it at some point, or when a birthday or Christmas is coming up, let a family member or friend know that if they want to get you something, getting you something that's sustainable is something you'd be incredibly grateful for. So whether this is reusable food wraps, a coffee cup, a non-plastic hairbrush or makeup brush, or plastic-free shampoo bars, whatever it is, you can let them know and then the gifts that you get given aren't going to be things that you then have to battle with whether you just keep them, even though you might not use them or try and give them to a good home without being wasteful. And with the swaps we've suggested today, do the ones which feel possible for you at the moment. You want to feel motivated and not defeated by trying to do things that just aren't feasible. It doesn't happen overnight. Taking the time you need to make habits that stick will make them sustainable for the future. So try the things that you feel can fit into your life because these little changes when carried out by a multitude of people, really do make a huge difference. So that's it for today's episode. I hope that this information and these tips have been useful. If you have any questions, any thoughts or information you'd like to share, you can email me on a littlebitoflargum at gmail.com or drop me a message on Instagram at a littlebitoflargum. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and speak to you again soon. Bye.